Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by 3M, PPG, and Breakthrough Academy. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Mom, the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the law of compounding. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the compounding interest side of it, both in a good way and bad way financially. But more importantly, really, how can you invest into things that will return time to you in your personal and your business life? If we think around the mindset of investment, I really believe that our business and our, um, you know, time freedom is going to grow exponentially. Uh, and so we want to focus on that uh, because one thing we see with a lot of business owners is the hesitation to invest in the right areas, uh, whether it's systems, whether it's tools for doing the job in production um, or even people for that matter, right? We're going to talk through a few different ways that you can invest, you know, time and or money into your business to return time to you in your life and obviously money as well uh, because time is definitely the most precious commodity that we have you know everybody's got 24 hours in a day you can't actually manufacture more time i've tried would love to figure out how to do 27 hours in a day right but the way that the world works and the sun and all that stuff i don't think we can actually do that right but if you invest into the right things it either again time investment into things monetary investment into things you can kind of manufacture more of your time, more of your own time, right? Uh, and so I hope this helps. Thank you guys for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. All right, so as we're talking about the law of compounding here today, um, I wanna start out with a quote from Albert Einstein. And he basically said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. There's seven wonders and he says compound interest is kind of the eighth one. Uh, and really what he means by that is, uh, and this is where I'm gonna touch on the financial side of it and then we're gonna go into the, the more the, the investment side into how to get your time back. Um, but really what he says is compound interest is either working for you or it's working against you. You either, um, it's working for you in the sense that you have money somewhere that is compounding interest day over day, year over year, time after time, right? And it's working for you. You wake up in the morning, you in theory have more money than what you had when you went to bed at night. That means compound interest is working for you. If it's working against you, that's typically on debt and things that we're paying interest on, right? You wake up in the morning technically a little bit more broke than when you went to sleep the night before. Uh, and so things do compound, right? You can have money working for you. As interest rates have risen, it really is, um, it sucks for anybody that's been taking out loans or you know doing anything like that, getting a house, mortgage, auto loan, you're paying more in interest on that side of it. Um, but for those of you guys that, that have money in savings or in a place where interest rates rising is actually helping you, it's probably been a good thing, right? Especially if you were able to lock in a, a refinance or a house loan at you know, 3%, uh, and now your, your savings account, the high yield savings accounts, um, and, and if you don't have money in that, uh, definitely check out like Discover, um, American Express has some good ones. There's a lot of good ones out there. Some of them are at four or four and a half percent at the time of this recording right now. Uh, and so, Compound interest can kind of start working for you. So again, not going to go in the financial side of it. I just wanted to hit on that as kind of a lead in to this idea of the law of compounding and is compounding interest working 
for you or against you, um, but really more along the lines of how can you invest into things to get your time back? Again, if we have an investment mindset and to get a return to grow ourselves, that is really the goal of being a business owner, right? I really do believe that all entrepreneurs, I've said this before, go into business for two main reasons. They want time freedom and they want financial freedom. And what do most business owners not have? Time freedom and financial freedom, right? We get so sucked into the day-to-day, -day, the grind, the figuring it out and how to do this. And you know, this person quit and all these different things, right? We get sucked into it. Um, sometimes we forget why we went into business. I know for me, that's always been the two things as an entrepreneur that I love, right? The ability to make more money and the ability to have some time freedom. Right. Um, I'm recording this here. We're going tomorrow to get induced to, to welcome our second son into the world. Uh, and I've been very thankful that I've had a business that this whole like week um, I could kind of get some stuff done around the house to prepare for what the next couple of weeks and obviously years. Uh, but especially these next couple of weeks will bring when we get back home. Right. I wanted to get some stuff done just so I could kind of chill and enjoy some time. And again, there you go. Time freedom. Right. Uh, and not that I have all of it, but it's at least, you know, better than what I had if I had a 40 hour W2 job. Um, and so there's two things you can kind of invest that you can get you a return on your time. Number one, it is your own time, right? You have to invest some time up front to get time back later on down the road. Um, or there's things you can invest in financially to in, put some money into to get some time back down the road. And I'm going to hit on both of those. I want to give you a couple of examples, uh, a couple of real life things. I, I think I shared one of these um, earlier on on one of our episodes this year, um, but you know, we moved into a new house. We have a little bit bigger yard uh, than what we had at the old house. And we've got some hills and fence. And anyways, it's not huge, but it got to the point where it took me about an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, depending on how hot it was in the middle of summer to push mow our yard. And with having Chase and with running business and, you know, just trying to do everything that I want to do in life and enjoy life to do some golfing and stuff, right? Like mowing was becoming a chore, especially when it was 93 degrees out, 95 degrees here in St. Louis, 100% humidity um, in June. I was like, this is not, this is not a good situation, right? Like now I'm letting the grass grow because I'm dreading mowing it because I don't want to spend the time doing it. What's the solution, right? So what do I start looking at? Riding lawnmowers start looking at stuff, figuring out things, see how much it's gonna cost, right? Um, and start to weigh the options at that point. Um, and yes, I did buy a small 42 inch zero turn mower because those are much quicker than just your traditional riders um, for a third of an acre. Not ashamed to admit this, right? To most people, they're like, probably like, what are you talking about? But here's why I did it. The first time that I mowed, start to finish, 22 minutes, right? So. Just mowing, I'm not talking trimming, obviously that takes a little bit more time, but just in the comparison in itself of mowing the grass, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe an hour 10 on a good day if I'm power walking and it's nice out, an hour and 10 minutes, 22 minutes. And I've got that down to about 18 to 20 minutes now that I've got like my pattern and I know the quickest way to do it, right? Cause that's just how my brain works. Um, an hour and 10, 20 minutes, right? What was the investment on that? Like, and that was my whole thought behind this is I can spend some money and I can get pretty much, just call it an hour of my life back every week, 30-ish weeks a year, 36 weeks a year, depending on how much rain we get. And for the next 10, 20, however long we're going to be at this house, right? To me, that was a no-brainer at that point. 
Um, and I, I almost borrowed the one from our church to really see how much time it was going to save me. And then I just knew it was going to be that I didn't expect it to be that much. I was thinking maybe 30 to 45 minutes and still at that, like that's what 30 something hours a year, 25, 30 hours a year, even at that. Now I'm at 30 to 35 hours a year based on this one investment. Yes. There's some maintenance and wear and tear. I understand that, but for me, that was a great place to return some time in my personal life. I'm not even talking business here, right? But I think about that from, a, a again, that investment perspective. Um, and really what led me to this is, is we started finishing our basement this year. Um, some of you guys would have heard about that. Um, I got a bid to just have somebody come in and do all the framing. We were doing a bedroom, a bathroom, kids' playroom, nothing super crazy. Obviously, when it came to framing, a lot of kind of intricate walls and stuff. But I got a bid on it because I just never had really done it. I knew I could figure it out. Um, thankfully, Crystal's husband um, deals with some of that, and, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but I knew we could figure it out, but I really just kind of wanted somebody to come in and get going on the projects. I knew I was going to do a lot of the rest of the work down there, right? And I had some quotes, and I had them come in, and it was give or take probably $700 to $1,000 of what I spent on this mower, right? And here was where my mind went even a step further, right? I called Crystal's husband and I was like, hey, do you have like a day or two? Like, how long do you think this would take us? Um, like, I'll totally pay you for it. Um, like, give me the rundown. Could could we knock this out on a you know a Saturday or something here in a couple weeks? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You can probably knock it out in a day, maybe day and a half. And that's about what it took, about a day and a half total. And so then I start thinking through and I say, okay, so now I'm at the point where if I invest a weekend, you know, a day and a half, two days most, into framing this. Now I also understand the skill on how to do this too, right? So I'm learning stuff for future. But I'm like, if I invest two days of my life this weekend, I'm actually going to save enough money that will then also go pay for the mower, which will then save me an hour of my week or, you know, an hour a week, so many weeks a year, blah, 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 right? So I really went even a step further. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to buy this mower and get this time back because that would have been well worth it in itself. But I even went a step further to say like, hey, actually, if I invest two days of my life into learning how to frame and do this basement, that's actually going to save me the money that then I can go invest into the mower and I'm not out the money. I'm just out two days of my life technically, right? So I invested 16 hours, if that even, call it 12 hours, to go get 30 hours of my life back every year for the next 10, 20 years that we're going to be at that house. And so I want you guys to stop and think about that in your personal life, in your business life. What are the places, what are the things that come up that you can invest some stuff into? Um, I know for me, and I promise I'm going to get onto the relevancy in your business here in just a second. Um, I know for me, again, with this basement, I told myself, if there's anything that I am going to do, right, we, we pieced out a couple things to some clients and some friends and some people, I just things I didn't want to mess with or kind of ran out of time with here at the end. But for me, I said, if there's anything I'm going to do myself, I will invest in a tool or something that's going to make my life easier. It's going to produce a better product and it's going to make it quicker. So what did I do? I was happy to run all the wires myself. I went and bought a DeWalt electric stapler, a couple hundred bucks, um, and I ran all the wires in a handful of hours. And guess what? I didn't break any of my fingers trying to hammer the nails in and, and hold the wires in place. Just little things like that, right? I bought a set of drywall skimming blades for finishing. Holy crap. Um, that was a game changer, both in the quality and also the amount of time uh, that it saved me in 
you know, putting those final coats on uh, and sanding it, right? Um, I invested into an electric drywall sander, so I wasn't doing it all by hand. That was a game changer, right? All these little things that I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna spend, I probably spent just between those three things I just mentioned, maybe $500, nothing crazy, but it definitely saved me, I'm gonna say at least 10 to 20 hours in this project, right? And now I have that equipment for when we start finishing the second phase of it later on down the road, right? And so for you and your business, again, I promised I'd get here. What tools, let's just start out on the tool side of it. What tools can you purchase for your business that will either save time for your employees, which will, you know, return more money to you, um, and or if you're still out on the job site painting and doing stuff, like how can you invest into the things in your business um, to get time back? Number one, if you aren't using 14 inch, occasionally 18 inch rollers for things, you're missing out. Um, I'm a firm believer in it. I did break down and buy some 18 inch rollers for the basement again, just to knock out some stuff quicker. Uh, I wasn't terrible with a half inch nap doing the ceilings. Three quarter inch nap gets a little heavy. Um, if you're not using like rollers and stuff like that, I remember, I will never forget this. We've talked about collaboration. We've had Shane Fast on here uh, with your new painting out in the Carolinas. Shane used to be local here. Uh, you can go back and listen to that story in one of our previous episodes. He was the one that like opened my eyes to 14 inch rollers. And when I introduced it to my guys and I was like, hey guys, we're gonna start using these. They were pissed for about two to three weeks at me because we were using nine inch frames and rollers and buckets and grates because that's what I knew. Right, I wasn't looking to go invest in other tools. Right, I didn't understand the concept of that at the time, uh, and I always joke about that. Right, um, thankfully I had an amazing rep. Uh, you guys probably heard some episodes here if you've been listening for a while with Josh Douglas. Uh, he was my Sherwin rep whenever I had my painting company. He taught me about the jet roller and sprayers. Right, for us when we worked with student painters, we didn't spray. Right, um, employing eighteen-year-old college students to paint a house is probably risky enough, let alone put a sprayer in their hand. Um, so I understand why we didn't do that. And I, <laughs> we intentionally probably oversold the difficulty of the sprayer and the cleanup and all the mess with it um, so that people weren't tempted to use it, all right? Well, when I started my painting company, I didn't know any different. We brush and rolled everything. All of a sudden, I start learning about sprayers. I'm like, oh, this actually isn't so hard. So thank you, Josh, for opening my eyes to that, right? And what I realized in, in all of those things and all the other things we learned in having a painting company is you don't know what you don't know. And doing things the only way you know isn't a good, smart, efficient strategy It's paint technology and tools continue to evolve in the industry. It's okay that you're doing things, maybe if you aren't using some of the things I just mentioned, right? But guys, stay in tune with what's coming out in the industry. This is what I love about going to like the Sherwin-Williams Pro Shows. Um, go to different things, look at the different things in the store, do some research, right? I started doing some research on drywall skimming blades. I ended up getting some on Amazon. I didn't go for the level five ones and they worked amazing. And it was a fraction of the cost, um, you know? And so it just, it was me doing some research. Hey, I, maybe I should look into a drywall sander. Like, is it gonna cause some issues? What do I need to know? Like, just start doing some research on the things that you're doing because again, we get very, it's very easy to get stuck in our own ways, right? I came into the painting industry in 2010. Things have changed over the last 13 years, right? Technology paint technology, tools, like everything is continued to evolve at a greater level, right? And so doing things the way you did 15 years ago may not be the best way to do it from a production standpoint, right? Look into tools, look into different things that will save time, make your job site safer, um, get time back. Again, if you're producing on the job or if you just get time back for your employees so you guys are able to get more work done in the same amount of time, right? So look into things like that. Um, another example here, 
we had a client um, who has been running about 12 people, 12 employees, uh, four crews, all by himself, estimating sales, running the business. Um, and he's done well, and I'm super proud that he's been able to, to handle all this. Um, and you know, we're, we're getting into a production manager for him. He's got an office person now. Um, but he, we were talking about like having a vehicle for his employees to move stuff. And we've talked on previous episodes, I'm not a huge fan of vehicles if you can avoid it just because the overhead, the added cost, everything else. I think they can serve a time and a place. I think they're great for branding. But we started talking about, hey, what about a trailer? Right. And we start looking, he finds a trailer relatively inexpensive, I think a few thousand dollars. Um, and I was like, at least then you have that to where, you know, you can drop stuff off the job site, whatever. A couple of weeks later, we hopped on a call like, hey, how's everything going? How's the trailer working out? And he was like, man, this has been a game changer because now I just pull up to the job site. I hook the trailer up and I leave. He was like, so not only is it saving my guys time and making life more efficient for them and they've got everything they need there and it's saving me less trips to go there. But now when I go to move this trailer and move all our supplies from one job site to the next one, he's like, I literally am in and out in like five or 10 minutes and back on the road. He said, whereas before I'd pull up and then we'd all load everything into my truck and then we'd go move it to the next job and then we'd all unload it. He's like, now I literally pull up, hook the trailer up, take it to the next place, drop it off and go on with my day. Right. So again, that investment is saving him a lot of time. That's why he's been able to navigate crazily, but navigate running 12 employees this summer. Right. What are some things technology-wise that you can invest into? Is it maybe an estimating platform like Drip Jobs or Jobber um, or one of the other ones out there that can bring a lot of stuff into one place and make life more efficient for you and your employees, right? Maybe it's you need to get your estimating standards down so you can do estimates on the spot and save time there. I'm a huge proponent from the sales experience of being able to do estimates on the spot, but the other big piece of it is when you leave their driveway, you have nothing left to do except maybe follow up with them in a few days, right? Um, and, and you could say, yeah, but then it takes a little bit longer to do estimates on the spot. I always argue that because if you have your standards down really well, it doesn't take all that much longer. Um, but I think you actually spend more time because then you have to do it when you get back to the office later. You have to get back in the mode of what it was like being on that job site and revisiting your pictures and numbers, especially if you're going to look at three or four projects in a day. Like it takes time, right? It's that disconnect of kind of the multitasking thing that, that you hear a lot about. Um, and so I, I definitely think it saves time overall. But how can you invest some time? This would be a time investment, right? You may have to invest time to put together your estimating standards, right? What are your production rates? How do you do this? Get the system in place. You're gonna invest some time to do that now, but how much time would that return for you every estimate you do for the rest of your business, right? Especially then when you go to hire an estimator, you have the system ready to go to hand to them, right? Um, so not only is it gonna save you time on all these estimates you're gonna do coming up, but it's gonna save time when you have to train somebody because you have the system in place, right? So that's something that you're gonna invest time into to get in place and get used to in your business, but it's gonna return time. Again, every estimate, just like the mower example, every time I mow, I think about, wow, I just saved 40 to 60 minutes of my life, right? Um, and let's be honest, the zero turns way more fun than push mowing. Um, so there's what you can invest into your business, right? It's financial things you can invest into in your business. There's time things you can invest into in your business. But I wanna think who can you invest into in your business to also get you that return? There's a great book called Who Not How by Dan Sullivan, and I love it. And it, the goal of the book, please still read or listen to it, but the goal of the book is when you want to do something or when you need to do something in your business, it's not how am I going to do this? It's who is going to do this, right? Because as a business owner, as a visionary, we sometimes want to just do it all ourselves. 
And sometimes we have to until we can train somebody, right? But the thought is how do we find a who and not a how on how to do things, right? And so what positions do you need in your business to return your time? The example from the client I just mentioned about the trailer, um, you know, he the first thing he did this summer when things were getting crazy is he's like, I need an admin person. I need an office person, right? To at least take that off my plate. And so he did that and he invested some time up front to train her. And just because you hire an office person doesn't mean they just jump in and like everything's gravy, right? Like you still have to invest time into training them. So there was a time investment up front and obviously now an ongoing financial investment, but the amount of time that's given him has been huge. Right. We're in the process of doing that for production management. He's like, man, if I can just get the production management off my plate, that'll free up so much of my time and I can I can focus more on the estimates in the business. Right. It's this stair step approach. But who who can you invest into and what position do you need to return some time in your business right now? And I understand we're heading into the historically slower season of the month. So maybe going and taking on a salary position or an overhead position right now may or may not make sense for you. But who can you start getting in place for the springtime? whenever we get through the winter and things get into the busy season again next year, and you can be a little more prepared for next winter. Like who do you need to hire to return some time in your business? What are the things you're not good at? What are the things you don't like doing that you can hire to someone else? Um, more importantly, who on your team is worth investing into to develop into maybe a level five crew leader? We, we did an episode earlier this season on the five levels of being a crew leader. And that's kind of my production theory revolves around crew leaders for those of you guys that have employees. Um, it's so critical to your business. And so who do you have that you need to, maybe they're at a level two, um, as far as responsibilities goes is where I say the five levels, um, as far as responsibility, you can delegate to them. Maybe who's at a two that you can grow to a three or a four? How do you invest time, maybe even money into them, right? Bring them to PCA Expo next year. Uh, maybe get them involved in, you know, maybe do a book, book study or something with them, right? There's so many different things you can do to develop them as people and educate them, uh, both through in the PCA here, different companies, you know, books, things like that. How can you invest into them to develop them? Because the more responsibility they have as a crew leader, the more time you have, right? The less you have to be at the, their job sites, right? And then maybe then you can invest into a second crew or a third crew or fourth crew, wherever that gets you at, right? So who can you invest into in your business to return some of your time as well? Um, there's so many different ways and people that you can invest your time and money into. And again, as I said in the intro, I firmly believe if you keep this investment philosophy at the forefront of your mind in your personal life, in your business life, you will get some of your time back. And that was probably, again, one of the big reasons why you started your business in the first place, if you're like me. And so I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and we'll catch you back here on next week's episode. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.